Alright, gotta take my dog out. Oh, I have to take my dog out too. Blake, you wanna go outside? I was trying to be funny that it wasn't fucking quick enough. Welcome to Blake's Dream Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. We are here with Jeff Dooley, the Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations for the Hartford Yard Goats. And in his spare time, he is also the voice of your Hartford University men's and bas women's basketball team. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to be here with you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, just talking a little baseball in the offseason, see what um, we can get to. So I want to start with, um, you've been part of the Yard Goats for a few transitions, a few ownership transitions I saw, um, last 20, 25 years. Um, how did you get started on all this? Well, when I got out of college, I went to a small uh, college in Maine, St. Joseph's College, and realized when I was in school there that this is what I want to do for a career. I wanted to be a broadcaster. So I wasn't good enough to play, and I thought it'd be kind of cool, whatever sport it was, to to follow it closely as a play-by-play voice. So um, from doing college basketball as the voice at first at Bryant uh, College in Rhode Island and then Brown University, and then um, – you know, really opened up when I got the New Britain Rockcats job at the time back in 1998. And um, as Rocky fans know, for a season, the Rockies were affiliated with the Rockcats. For years, they were a Minnesota Twins affiliate. And then the final season of uh, baseball in New Britain in 2015, uh, we became an affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. That was the team that had Trevor Story and Carlos Estevez and uh, some other players. David Dahl was on the team. So they had pretty good players that came out. So, um a couple of ownership changes, and uh, we made the transition from from New Britain to um, a beautiful ballpark downtown Hartford, Dunkin' Donuts Park, and um, you know made the transition with the team. So uh, you know it's been it's been a lot of fun, and it, it's certainly a pleasure getting to to see some of these young prospects come up in the Rockies organization. So my first question is, what kind of perks do you get from Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> you know, once in a while we do get some nice perks which is nice nice gift card from Duncan but uh it is cool I mean you talk about the great thing about baseball is all ballparks it seem have something that's unique whether it's a, a rookie level team or a major league team and one of the cool things I think at Duncan Donuts Park there's a gigantic cup you may have seen pictures of it that sits above the video board out in left field and it steams when the yard goats hit a home run. So that's, uh, it's pretty unique. People in the Northeast love their Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, and for our fans to see that thing, you know, uh, shoot out steam when the goats hit a home run is kind of cool and certainly unique for, uh, for the folks around here. That, that is awesome. Um, I, so I was listening to you say your story, how you got to where you are now. Like you kind of went up the ranks. Is that pretty much how the play-by-play -play announcing works like is I mean I'm assuming your end goal is to be in the majors right and it is yeah is this, I mean, that's this, the dream. how the process Absolutely. works yeah that's the way it works yeah and then you know kind of the, the the path of the players too you know they the, most of the the broadcasters at the major league level have gone at some point through the minor leagues uh you know depending on the market and organization but I would say most of them you know go through the ranks so yeah it's it's a lot of the same for the broadcasters that you know, it, it baseball is just so unique where you can learn so much during the course of a season and, you know, to kind of hone your craft and 
baseball is so much different on radio in compared to football and basketball, which is hockey, which are much quicker paced, where baseball, you've, you've got a chance to carve out stories and really get into uh, backgrounds of the players. And I think uh, really a, a great forum to talk about what some of these guys have done to get where they are today. The cool thing about at the higher levels of the, the minor leagues, the double A AA and triple A, you know, you've got all your game notes and everything, but these guys have had at this point, by the time they reach Hartford, they've all had so many stories written about them. You can basically throw them in Google and, you know, you got five or six uh, pretty good nuggets that you can use at broadcast. So uh, it does make it a little bit easier. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how, you know, whether you're an announcer or a player or, uh, in professional life, you have to grind everything out, you know? So I'm, I'm just curious what your advice would be to, you know, the young aspiring media broadcasters out there. Well, it's a great way to learn, you know, earn a living, you know, if you, if you get the opportunity, it's uh, but it is a grind. And I, and I always say, especially in the baseball side of it, it's, it's more than a job and a career. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. You're, you play 142 games in about 160 days. So there are no holidays. There's travel and games on the 4th of July. And I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, times I've been away, whether it's baseball or basketball away from your family. So it's sacrificing you, you know, you're making and your family's making as well. So there's certainly some challenges with that. Um, but that being said, I mean, it is a, a great way to, you know, you go to a ballpark every day and you have great relationships and, you know, you get to meet a lot of these guys before they're rock stars and, you know, gigantic billionaires and signing these outrageous contracts, um, you know, so you get to see them coming up and, you know, guessing maybe that, wow, this guy was pretty good when he was a yard ago. What happened to him or guys that, you know, maybe have gone through that have been very average players. And then you look at them and the next thing you know, they're major league all-stars. So it is always fun to play that guessing game too. And, you know, kind of play the role of scout and boy, how'd I do with that guy? How'd I do with this guy? What's your uh, what's your record of? I saw this guy and knew he was going to be an all star. Like, uh, how well can you pick him? It's it's a losing record. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, I mean, there are some you know can't miss prospects. I I, I think having a chance to see Brendan Rogers, let's see the last two three years, and and see what he brings to the table. I mean, and we saw Garrett Hampson and. Ryan McMahon for the time that they spent in Hartford. I mean, those are two guys that have the ability to be very good and, and to be rock stars of the game, I think, anyway. Um, a lot of it, guys, you, you just don't know about the health, right? Health is always the, mm -hmm. the, the question mark and the wild card because a guy can have all the talent in the world and, unfortunately, goes down with an injury. Sometimes they just don't recover. But there's been guys that you, you look and say, oh, he was a pretty good player, and uh, you, you see it coming up. I mean, um, you know, looking with the Rockies organization, I, mean, I think Trevor Story is one where you looked at his numbers. When I saw him in New Britain for the first time, it was actually his second year of double-A. So the double-A level, guys, is really interesting because they always talk about if you can make it to the double-A level, you have a chance to make it to the big leagues. I mean, obviously, if a kid throws hard or hits a bunch of home runs in high school, college, you might get drafted, go to the rookie ball, and then realize, well, maybe he's not as good as he thought he was when he's compared to some of these other kids. But, you know, you, you get through low A, you get through high A, you go to double A, and now you start opening some eyes. You're basically a phone call away. So double A is really, really important. 
thus you see some guys that struggle they don't want to bump them to triple a so they'll repeat trevor story was that guy trevor story played a season in tulsa uh the rockies double a before they moved to uh you know our organization in new britain slash hardford so to speak um so trevor struggled that first year and but you could see i heard the pieces were all in place and then his second year in double a he was outstanding. The same really for Ryan McMahon. I mean, Mac, his first year, um, he had some home runs, and you could tell he had the ability. But when he came back his second year, I thought he was probably the best player in the league that year. He didn't even have to stay the whole year. He, I think, was on his way, I think, uh, by sometime early June. He was off the AAA. And then I think he actually went up to Colorado at that point. So um, there are some guys that, you, you know, you, you that you can see – have all the tools and you just hope that they just continue to get better. Yeah. We're huge. Uh, Brendan Rogers fans. Um, he's kind of, he's the man that we've been watching and trying to see him grow and at that major league level. And I think you hit it right on the head is the injuries are killing him right now. And it's, it's very disheartening to see, because like you said, he has the talent. It's there. It's just, can he stay healthy enough? Can he prove it long enough at that major league level? Yeah, he's had the injury bug, and I know the same with David Dahl. I mean, he uh, he had a really a horrific injury that I was actually at the microphone for in New Britain when he collided, um, you know, and actually had to be taken to the hospital. And um, where everyone I think was just hoping that he would get over the injuries. And you know, I know that the Twins and uh, the Rockies ended up passing on him, uh, you know, for contract extension this year, but. You know, he has the ability, but again, you just don't know because of the whole uh, factor of staying healthy because at some point the Rockies have games to play. They need players that can go out there and help them win. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, that was actually – was that the injury where he, he ruptured his spleen, actually? He did, yeah, ruptured his spleen, yep. Yeah, had to be taken to the hospital. And, uh, yeah, it was a scary moment for sure, yeah. We had two horrific ones, actually, back-to-back – and they were, interestingly enough, they were both center fielders. Both happened in New Britain Stadium. Byron Buxton, who's become a pretty good player for the Minnesota Twins, collided the year before. He uh, actually collided with uh, Mike Kwasnicka, who was an outfielder. They were converging on a ball. And that was, that was more scary to me because Buxton at the time was out. He was, he was completely knocked out. He hit him and knocked out. And they actually brought an ambulance onto the field. So you hate to see things like that. And I'm so happy that even though Buxton has had an injury play career too, unfortunately at the major league level, but it was obviously good to see him, you know, survive that and, and to get out there and, and then get up to the, the twins. Yeah. Those freak accidents. Like you never know, you have all that grass, all that room. And all of a sudden you're running into somebody that can just, you know, injure you almost devastate your career. Yeah, um, Let's bring it up a little bit. What is the most memorable call that you've ever done, like in your in your career? Uh, there's some big ones. I mean, I think most recently with the whole uh, ballpark with um, getting into Dunkin' Donuts Park and it was professional baseball in Hartford um, back years ago, something like 80 years ago. So I think getting in, we had to play on the road, the 2017, we thought we were getting into the ballpark and it wasn't ready. And the team ended up spending the entire season on the road. So there were just so many people that worked so hard to make things happen for the uh, 2018 season. We actually get in, 
Yancey Almonte, who's with the Rockies now, he he made their first ever start at the ballpark. So, you know, I, I was at the mic that day and said baseball is back in Hartford. And, I, you know, I think that was a recent one that was, um, you know, that 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 kind of sticks out there. But um, looking back, um, I called a uh, it was when the Rock Cats at the time were affiliated with the Minnesota Twins and Michael Kadire hit a walk off home run against um, the Norch Navigators, the Yankees affiliate at the time. And it was actually September 11th. And I didn't know this. No one really knew this at the time. But the story actually broke when Brad Thomas, who pitched a little bit for the Detroit Tigers, made it to the big league several years later. Well, obviously, with everything that happened in September 11th, if the Rockcats had lost that game, Brad Thomas, who was from Australia, was actually going to be on that flight that crashed into the World Trade Center. So it's just, it's, it's absolutely insane when you think about this. So no one even knew this. Kadar didn't even know this at the time that it happened. And there's another Rockies connection, right? Michael Kadar, who won a batting title there a few years ago. Well, Michael hits the walk-off home run. And when Brad eventually gets to Detroit, they're playing the Twins. And Brad says, Michael Kadar saved my life. If Kadar hadn't hit that walk-off home run, we had lost. I was on that flight that goes into the World Trade Center the next day. So it, he was actually had the connector was the it was the the flight that went from Boston to uh, it was heading to L.A. And then he was going to change in L.A. and go to to uh, to Australia where he lives. So, you know, looking back at it, I thought it was a huge home run. It was a it was a three two pitch. He hit off Domingo Jean, who had pitched in the major leagues with the Yankees before. And uh, one, it was actually the, the one game one, they ended up winning the best of five in four games, but that kind of got them over the edge in game one. And we knew after that win, they weren't going to lose the, the playoff series. Um, so that was obviously a big one at the time. And now you think about it. And once that story made the rounds, it even makes it one of the biggest home runs in Rockhead history, just because of the elements of September 11th, 2001. Yeah, it's crazy um, how the smallest detail can can change somebody's life, right? Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely wasn't expecting something like that. That's uh, that's remarkable. Um, so I have to tell you something I'm guilty of. Um, my wife and I actually got married on a pitcher's mound at a AAA stadium <laughs> with the Iowa Cubs. So uh, nice media. Uh, I'm just curious, what's kind of the crazier marketing things or crazier requests you've gotten from fans maybe um to do during a game or before a game uh, i've gotten some myself but i can only imagine some of the stuff her office gets because i don't get a lot of them but no i've had people call um pictures on the field i mean at the ballpark there's a yg club that actually is the second level so it kind of overlooks the home plate area so there's a lot of events non-game game day events so They'll do weddings in there. They'll do bar mitzvahs. They will do birthday parties. Um, it's challenging when the team is home during the season, but a lot of that stuff happens off season. Team go on the road. There'll be a wedding at the ballpark. So um, I've seen photos. I, I traveled the team, so I haven't been there for any of the, the weddings. Um, I did have someone call and ask if they could do a baby announcement and come out and, and take pictures on the field. And I just thought they were going to actually take a couple of pictures with the camera. Next thing I know, they show up with like three photographers. I'm like, wow, this is a big deal, I guess. So, 
But um, yeah, there's been nothing, I guess, too, too insane, but um, it is a cool spot. And, and you know, you, we love people that obviously love the game of baseball. There's so many people that are so passionate about it. So um, people call and say, hey, you know, I had my first date at the, at the baseball game or I met my wife there or, you know, whatever the case is. And they want that to be part of their uh, history. We, we'll try and make it happen if we can. We, I tell you what, one thing we love to do is we love to say yes. We try to say yes as much as we can. And that's, I think, a lot of the folks in the minor leagues are like that as well. It really is still America's pastime, right? So It is. Uh, so with uh, COVID and everything, what have you been doing to kind of stay sharp, to, to stay involved? Um, how are you, you know, not going stir crazy? Yeah, there hasn't really been a lot, to be honest with you. You know, once the minor league operation shut down, it was, you know, basically, uh, you know, game over for the season. So, you know, we're pretty optimistic that um, we'll be okay for, you know, good to see the news that they're getting the vaccine out there to folks. And, you know, hopefully we can, you know, have baseball and, and play in front of fans. That That's what it's all about. It's, it's hard for me. I'm, I, I love being around people. So this whole thing is, personally, it's been difficult because, you know, having to, to, to stay away from the crowds and things like that. But I mean, I know it's for everyone's best interest, but hopefully we'll get back there. I know all the teams want to play, obviously. Um, and I know the major league teams want to play. I think the last thing in the world they want to do is lose another year of development. So it's important to get those guys out there and, you know, you can do what you want and you can, you can hit in cages and you can hit off the tees, but there's nothing like facing that guy in a pressure situation, even though if it's double A or triple A, a pressure situation, a guy throwing 98 miles an hour that has an unbelievable slider, going to combat you with a changeup. I mean, you cannot uh, replicate that in a practice situation. That, that's why there's nothing better than game situation. So I know that the major league teams want minor league baseball back in, in 2020. So hopefully it's safe enough for, for a return for everybody. Yeah, as we go on all across, all across the majors. Um, were you, were you following it the major league, uh, the minor league transitions as much as we are? Because this this year seemed like there was such a big deal on that minor league affiliate switching all the way around. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't know a whole lot that was out there. Yeah, Major League Baseball put together their, uh, you know, their list of of teams that they wanted to identify and. You know, we're very fortunate in Hartford with the situation with the ballpark and our relationship with the Rockies, um, their ownership group and, you know, their general manager and farm director and many of their front office staff and scouts, they come through. So, um, you know, I was hoping for the best. And, you know, we're obviously excited when we heard the news that, you know, that Major League Baseball wanted us and the Rockies wanted us. But, but yeah, I know it was a challenging time for a lot of my peers and, I know at the Eastern League, it looks like the only change will be uh, Somerset Patriots are going to replace the Trenton Thunder, which were a longtime Yankee affiliate and Red Sox affiliate as well. So that'll be uh, the only change at, at, at our level at, at the AA Eastern League. But yeah, there are a lot of teams that um, are just changing leagues and, and things like that. They're trying to make things better for, for the prospects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've been in the booth for a hot minute. And like one of the cool things about going to the minor leagues is seeing all these players like develop kind of like what you're referring to earlier. 
I've I was in Omaha for three or four years and I was watching Lorenzo Kane, Eric Hosmer, Moose, um, Daniel Duffy doing his thing on the mound. And that was really exciting for me. Like, has there what's like the one player, two players that just stood out to you as a fan, like across, over all these years? Oh, there's been so many, um, you know, Mookie Betts was a pretty special player with uh, the Portland Sea Dogs. He was, he was one that I got right. <laughs> I got a lot wrong. Um, he was the one though, that uh, you didn't have to be an advanced scout to, uh, to, to know that that kid was going to be pretty good. Although I tell people all the time, a lot of fans don't know this. When he was in the minor leagues, he was a second baseman. So he came up and played second base and there's a ton of Red Sox fans in these parts. And I used to tell people that, and Dustin Petroia, who is a gigantic fan favorite around here. And I would tell Red Sox fans, wait to see the kid that's coming. And they're like, oh no, we have Dustin Petroia. You know, we don't need this kid Mookie Betts. And I said, just trust me on this one. I said, Dustin is great. And, but Mookie doesn't have to die for the balls that, that, that Dustin does because his range is just so much better. And then now you see him go to the outfield. And I mean, he, you know, he's, he's obviously one of the top four or five players in the game right now. So he was really, really good. Um, you know, and I mean, for, for the Rockies, I mean, I, I loved McMahon. I thought when he came in and he, he has the chance to, to do some damage. I think Brendan Rogers and Garrett Hampson too, very impressive. They have the chance to, uh, you know, they can change the game. They can change the game with their bat. They come up with a clutch hit. They can run. They can steal a base if you need it. And then the other thing that they do so well is they defend. So they can come in and make a nice defensive play too. So they, I think those two guys uh, more recently have been two guys that I think can impact the game a couple of different ways. I'd yeah, say the picture that, picture that I love guys too is uh, Ben Bowden, who we saw last year. Um, he'll probably get a chance to come up at some point. Lefty pitcher. He's a Massachusetts kid. Um, big hockey fan, and he just, he's just, uh, he's goes right at you. He got really good fastball, um, tough kid, and I think Rocky fans will like him a lot. He's, uh, he's a good one, and we, we saw a little bit. I know we got a chance to go up last year, but it was just for a cup of coffee. Antonio Santos, who hit triple digits a few times on the Dunkin' Donuts Park uh, radar. I mean, he throws, I think he was 103 the day, uh, the day he pitched at home, but he's, uh, you can't teach that. He's got a really good slider. Ball moves a lot. Um, he's got a chance to be really good, too. He's just got to kind of get it all together. And he's just a young kid as well. So they, uh, there's been some good ones for sure. Yeah, Santos was uh, thrown into the fire last year. I remember he it was a blowout in, like, the first inning. And he got thrown into the first there. And I think, like, his second pitch on the mound, he got the grand slam hit off of him. And, it was and like, I'm always amazed by these guys. They're, they're absolutely freak athletes. Right. They just they they just take the game to the next level. And you can you talk to them about how they hit and how they pitch. And you know, it, it's 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 so far above anything else that we can all do. We just kind of watch and awe. But I remember t asking one of the players one time, you know, how do you hit that ball? It's coming a hundred miles an hour. And they're like, Well, duels, no, you just it's just a timing thing, and I'd rather face a hundred straight or maybe not 100 straight, but 96, 97 straight, as opposed to 94 and have the thing moving all over the place. And I'm thinking, how do you even see it out of their hands? But they're just unbelievable athletes. I mean, they just, they say, put a bat on a bullet. These guys could do that because they're just, they're just so good at what they do. 
Yeah, they make it look so easy. And when you're watching yeah. that game and a fastball goes right down the middle and you go, how do you miss that? How do you not swing right. that? And in reality, it's like, how do you even see that? How do you see it? It's amazing. Yeah, so we'll end it with this. Um, the uh, the last time there was an opening day for the Yard Goats, um, Ryan Velotti, Ben Bowden, Philip Dale, Colton Welker, and uh, Brett Boswell were on the team, like really big prospects right now. Can you shed any light on this? You just talked about Bowden, gave us some insight on that. Hopefully we see him in 2020 and like lock up that bullpen. But this Velotti kid, I hear great things. Um, Welker is going to be a stud. Like what inside baseball can you give us on these guys? Yeah, Welker's a gamer. He's he's a gamer. He's uh, you know bring that lunch bag, lunch, and let's go to work. He's a he's a he's a really good player. Third baseman, uh, good defensively, hits the ball over the fence. He's another guy that can impact the game. He's a terrific kid. Uh, went to school. He's a high school kid out of uh, out of Florida. He went to that Parkview High School that had the unfortunate, the horrific, horrific uh, uh, mass killing, and. Um, he went to he went to that high school, so he's done stuff for them, and he's given back, and he's gone and and spoken there, and um, you know he wasn't there obviously when that happened, but um, uh, he, Rizzo too, Rizzo went to that high school, so they they know each other, um, so he's yeah he's he's got a chance, he really does, he's got a chance to be pretty good. I was I was impressed with him last year. Um, you mentioned Brett Boswell, uh, you know college kid. Really good swing, short swing, home run hitter. Um, he's a guy that you look at his size, you might not say, well, he's not going to hit the ball over the fence. He hit some of the longest home runs I've seen at Dunkin' Donuts Park. He's got a, he's got a lot of power for second baseman. So he, he's a major league guy, I think, for sure. Um, Manny Melendez is another kid that he led the team in hits in 2019. He had 129 hits. An outfielder uh, has some tools, can go get it in the outfield as well. And Alan Trejo is another kid too that I liked a lot. Trejo uh, played shortstop, and um, you know, and, and people say all the time, "Well, you know, they've got Brendan Rodgers," and you know, they said the same thing. We saw Josh Fuentes go up. Well, you know, he, he has no future of the organization because of his first cousin, Nolan Arenado. Well, guess what, guys? If you can hit, they will find a spot for you. They just it, you just have to hit and or you have to pitch or you got to figure it out. Don't you cannot worry about guys that are in front of you. And I, it's, it's human nature to look right. I look you guys look. I know the players look and say, maybe I don't have a future with this organization. But guess what? I mean, Josh Fuentes went up there last year and he's another one. He's one of my favorite people in the world. And to see him doing what he's doing and getting a chance to play. I think is spectacular because I think he's a, I think he's a major league guy. I really do. I think if he has the opportunity to, to play every day that, that he can, you know, crack a lineup. Josh was our best player for the last 30 days uh, last season and defensively at first base, he was fantastic too. So uh, really glad you said that. Yeah. We he's always awesome. joked that he, uh, he actually earned his last name Fuentes. He's no longer the cousin. He's actually Fuentes. Um, just have how hot he came on at the end of last season. So yeah, he I, was awesome. I mean, when he first came up the year before and he hit the home run, and I know he was excited about it. But it's the big leagues, and they lost the game. And obviously, in Colorado, it's not about your first major league home run. Even though I'm sure Nolan was extremely proud of his little cousin, but 
it's about winning. So I know he couldn't celebrate the way he would have loved to uh, had they won that game. But I think he's got a chance that, you know, to, to play a little bit now that they've got a chance to see him. And it is kind of cool when you have cousin to the corner, isn't it? <laughs> right. You just, you're going to play a little bit harder when family is around, right? right? Whether it's the wiffle ball stories that we all hear, or if it's on that major league field. So and here's a kid that who knows if, you know, he's not related to Arenado that he, who knows if he gets a chance, right? I mean, he goes undrafted and then he goes to a, you know, a small school and next thing you know, you give him a chance. And, and that's the thing about these players, guys, is that some just keep getting better. And that's, that's the whole thing about the minor leagues. Some of the players continue to improve. Some guys peak, some guys just unfortunately get worse and, or just get overexposed is probably the be better word. Um, but the ones that continue to get better that have a chance to play are the ones that make it. And just so, so thrilled to see him up there and doing what he's doing. Hopefully he's got to, he can stay healthy and he's got a, a chance with the Rockies next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That, that minor league grind, I think kind of brings the diamonds to the top of the, the dirt, I think a little bit. And if you can make it through, through that grind, all those, all those seasons and, you yeah, get your I know chance, with, right? I know with uh, with Josh too. I mean, he would lean on Nolan a lot. They would talk all the time. And I remember when I first met, it was uh, Josh's. I guess it was Josh's mom and Nolan's dad. I met them in spring training, and they were telling me that his mom told me that she remembered when Nolan went through the struggles. Can you imagine, right? You think now, right? One of the best, you know, one of the best five players in the game. And she remembers an A-ball when he would have those tough nights where he was ready, I'm not saying ready to quit, but he just, a lot of the guys have never experienced failure till you get to pro ball. Now you've got these 0 for 4, 4 strikeout nights and go three games without a hit. And you wonder if you're ever going to get a hit again. So they were telling me that they remember the struggles that Nolan went through when he was in the minor league. You know, he obviously kept getting better and better. And, you know, and, and you know, it, it was really cool that Josh, you know, has his digits and he can call him when he needs some help. <laughs> yeah, what better ear to have available at your, at your whim other than Nolan across the, across the diamond there. That's right, um, you could do worse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I appreciate you so much, Jeff, uh, coming on and being with us, talking with us. It was great. I love the Josh stories and the, the, the grind stories, the, the inside baseball stuff. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Aaron and James, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thank you. Have a, Have good, a good night. night. <laughs> All right. You too. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you yep. soon. Yeah, yep. for sure. Thank you. All right. You got it. Bye-bye. So that interview with Mr. Dooley was incredible. Like it was just fun to get the inside inside scoop on players, the what it means to be a minor league, being the voice of something. I thought that was just really cool. Yeah, I mean he's not only the voice, he's um, he's an intelligent eye on the game as somebody that's there day in and day out. And even us fans, you know, we miss a week or a couple of games and kind of out of the loop, but he's always there. So it's great to have that insight. Yeah, that Josh Fuente story, like the inside inside baseball stuff, that was really fun. And the that story, the 9-11, 2011, uh, 2001 story, that, I'd never heard that before. That is crazy. Never heard that before. 
Um, so hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Um, I know I did. It was great to listen, um, seeing the new guys coming up, what to look for, and just how the people in the minor leagues see, see these ball players moving on up. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, so quick Rockies news. Not a lot going on. Winter meetings usually is when the hot stove starts heating up a little bit, goes to dial two, dial three. We are on dial zero still. Um, David Dahl. Our boy, David, got his contract for $3 million in Texas. How do we feel about that? Uh, still not happy about it because we could have had him for 2.5 or, or 3 mil, but the, the Rangers only giving him a one-year contract obviously tells you that the Rangers are even concerned about the injury history, which everybody is, and I hope he balls out, but I also don't want it to be another DJ LeMahieu situation, right? Um, because if that comes to fruition, then it's just more, not that we need it, but it's just more baggage against the front office to um, to rail against them. So I hope the best for David, definitely. Uh, it's just unfortunate. I, I wish he was still doing it for us. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the sentiment across the board. Um, he, he signed for $3 million. We can't afford $3 million. Here we go again. The, the pundits, the online pundits are – off the rockers right now and just upset about David Dahl not being yeah. a Rocky, which we should be like, right. That's our boy. That's our dude. But yeah, he's just, going to. Just one thing I want to point out here about our outfield from the 2020 season. Uh, obviously it's the COVID season. It was 60 games. So still know. a season still counts. What's that? It's still a season. It still counts. Yeah. I mean, so in average, we were fantastic. Ramil Tapia, you know, red led the team. Um, but our outfielders were third in the league in average, which is fantastic. Um, uh, but we were 17th in, in OBP on base percentage. Uh, and then we're 20th in OPS. So we're not hitting for a lot of power. We're 26 in home runs. So definitely not hitting for a lot of power, let alone extra base hits. And then we're 26th in, um, created, created runs. So, and then you let our all-star David Dahl walk away. So I don't know how that situation is going to get any better. And right, it's not like there's no like Hilliard has the potential to hit that power and drive in those runs, but it's going to be a hot minute. Like you were guaranteed production from Dahl when healthy on the field, like that was going to happen. And now we don't have that. We have a polluted or populated outfield, according to Breitich. I don't see it. It's populated, but it's not as good as the rest of the league. Like you just said, we're bottom 20s and all across the board like is yeah, it's populated. Be the savior it's populated but not with anybody good i mean right he's gonna probably hit for 300 which is fantastic but he's not gonna hit 20 home runs um you got blackman who's you know he's he's technically still in his prime but any day now could be that that cliff right it's coming real quick too. He's high and defensive. I mean, defensively, he doesn't he doesn't give you anything great. Um, you got Desmond. God only knows what we're trying to do with him still. If they're going to have him catch next season or play first base or whatever, I don't know. Um, but he's not going to get it done. We already know that. So I don't know what they're looking at. But what I'm looking at, it's um, it's going to be a rough year. And the doll is just the salt on the wound again. And Rockies fans, we all know it. We have all heard it. We we're all in the same boat. It's just 
how do we fill those gaps in? Mm. Brighter note, brighter news, we locked up um, a bullpen piece, a bullpen arm for one more year with uh, Mr. Daniel Bard, chest hair galore, buttons free, sex appeal 101, right over there, 2.9 million a year for one year. Um, I absolutely fucking love this. It's great. Well, you know, we watch bullpen, bullpen implosions, so you don't have to. Um, Bard is going to be that guy that's proven that he can do it at Coors and away from it. So anybody that proves that on any scale, like, please sign him up. But uh, don't go out and sign bullpen arms for $120 million over three years and then have ERA over seven, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we all know what you're talking about. Um, I think he uh, – this really excites me because he just solidifies, like, our really back four, back five uh, pitchers. Like, we have Daniel Bard, Scott Oberg, which we're all assuming that he's going to come in and do what he's done. And Yancey and um, Gibbons, all, like, our back four loaded bullpen. So, like, our bullpen is not that bad overall. We've added Stevenson. We've added a few other, hoping the other arms show up. It's still a work in progress, but like we have a solid four, solid five guys that we can, I feel like we can actually count on. Jury's still out on Givens because we don't know how consistent he's going to be um, at mile high, but um, Oberg, you love Oberg because he's proven that even though he's not the A play, A plus plus stuff, he's got the moxie to just compete and get guys out, which is what you need at, um, you know, at Coors. So, uh, jury's still out on Gibbons, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, let's let's not sign these huge con- huge contracts like we did before, right? And I, we have to give brightest credit when credit's due. He has not signed any of those big contracts. He says his wallet's a little, little small right now. But he's not doing those contracts right now, which is, I guess, fine, right? Like this is what we're hoping for, what we're looking for, because it, it's just been a disaster in the past. So, credit to you, Bright. It's just a little bit. Um, yeah, so, and then we'll finalize the other good big news um, is the minor league affiliates. The Albuquerque Isotopes are still part of us. Hartford Yard Goats, we just talked to Dooley, um, still part of the Rockies organization. But we gained two new newcomers, the Spokane Indians um, for our high A ball and the Fresno Grizzlies are now the low A ball. Um, the most interesting part about this is that Fresno was a triple A affiliate last year. How pissed is Fresno City right now? Um, yeah, those those lower clubs, it's it's funny how they kind of bounce around, especially those California teams, because we were the uh, Modesto Nuts for a couple years. Um, and then we were the Lancaster Hawks there for a little bit. And um, the cycle continues, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's weird. Like this year, like Jeff talked about a little bit, it's it was a big circus, um, big unknown this year. But if I was in Fresno and I paid tax money for that sweet stadium, and now I'm getting single A ball instead of my triple A ball, it's a little bit different ball game, and they have every right to be upset. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I'm going to start doing some research on that. Like it's just very intrigued by how the people are feeling, you know. Like we love minor league baseball, we love baseball, but that's a that's a few steps back. Um, so yeah, that's the banter, right? 
That's the banter. No, nothing, no happening haps in the winter meetings. Hopefully something happens soon. The stove is cold. The stove is cold. It's not for the Mets. Um, (laughs) Thank you for listening to us. We are Blake Street Banter. One of us knows what the word banter means. One of us is long for the ride. And the other one is out saving doggies. Come back soon, Kirk. Shout out, Kirk. Go Rockies.